Thank you for downloading The Pursuit Podcast. For more information on The Pursuit, visit thepursuitsoco.com. Okay, how many of you were here for Connection Codes? How many of you were impacted? Yeah, it's amazing stuff. So um, just uh, be real and vulnerable. It wasn't cheap to bring them out here. So if you were impacted by it, one, spread the word. Okay, we're going to spread the word about Connection Codes. But... um, if you are interested in sewing into the cost of bringing here, we would really appreciate that, okay? But, you know, no cost was too high because of how impacted we have been by it. Um, but anyways, that's how you do it if you want. But um, all right, shall we uh, get into it? Oh, are we still doing this? Can people still give? Uh, do you know, Doug? Can, yes, people can still. So if you have stuff or you just want to donate money, they're giving these purses out to those women in need. I think it's so cool. And it's uh, in Mary King's namesake, which is amazing. So, And she would love this. I know it. So, All right. So here we go. Um, we do have a few um, like cards at the front. I don't know if anybody dropped it. But if anybody has a question... Um, I don't know if that'll even work now. So, okay, so we want this day to be a little bit more interactive, okay? So if you guys don't talk and you don't say stuff to us, then we're just going to go home and watch football and eat uh, food, all right? So if that's what you want to do, then just be quiet, and we'll get out of here real quick. (laughs) But um, I forgot to tell Daniel this. We have a microphone over there, so if people, if you have questions as we're going through some of this stuff, just slip your hand up. We want an opportunity. This is family, yes? This is, this is about family, and this is kind of a family meeting. Um, and we want to cover um, any questions that there are um, about the pursuit, about us, but especially about our topic, what we're going to, um, about connection. Um, so when we went through the questions, most of the questions ended up being, which I thought was interesting, which means we should probably talk about it, uh, ended up being about um, culture, mission, vision, where are we going, um, what we're about, that sort of thing. So we're going to kind of head in that direction, if that's okay. Um, <clears throat> so we want... As we get through, I don't know if we'll be if we'll actually read the questions off, but if there's what we talk about might spur other questions, and please don't be afraid to ask. I know there might be some fear. Um, there's some fear for me because I don't know where that's going to go. But please just slip up your hand, Daniel. You pay attention, and um, we'll get a mic over to you at the appropriate appropriate time. Yeah. So, yeah. So traditionally, what is church? Is that a rhetorical question? I mean, I just want you to think about it. What is church? I think traditionally churches has had such an emphasis on spiritual health, which is great. Like our spiritual health needs to be solid and great. But so often I think, at least in my experience, is it's so like that's the most important thing in life is like, do you pray every day? Do you read your Bible every day? Do you have this perfect spiritual connection? And I I think that's very, very important and make sure that our spiritual health is super solid. But we really want to focus on more than just that because I believe Jesus came for our life, right? He came for our spirit, like, because we get to die one day and go meet, be in heaven and and, and have that experience. But we also have this life that we have, like, emotions, like our, our soul matters, right? Like, 
God saves our soul. And then our bodies, like, can we live a fulfilled life if our bodies break broken? Like, makes it pretty hard, right? And so I really believe that God came and he gave his life, and he came as a human. So he obviously cares about us, our humanity. And I remember hearing messages as growing up, like, we were supposed to celebrate our, celebrate our humanity. But what does that actually look like? I think we really need to focus on the whole thing, the whole creation that God came and gave his life for. So um, that's why we're so focused on all the aspects of life, not just spiritual health. Very, very important, but also our soul, our emotions, our, um, and our body, too. Yeah, and what we're finding, even with, you know, what's interesting is the science behind connection codes. It's, it feels, um, you know, like that's just where it's all about soul care and soul health. But what we find out is that actually leaks into spirit health and body health. Because we know that unprocessed emotions actually stay in your body. They live in your body and can create all sorts of issues. And so the idea of processing your emotions in real time actually affects our whole person. And um, my prayer life lately has looked a lot like, Jesus, I'm just feeling some fear, you know, and, and then processing, or I'm feeling so much joy, or I'm feeling lonely, or, you know, just processing what I'm experiencing with the Lord. I mean, it's, and it's so powerful. It's, you know, it's, it feels weird at first because you're like, yeah, he knows. <laughs> you know, he obviously knows what's going on in my heart. But there's something about telling him. There's something about telling him that it doesn't draw his heart closer to mine. It draws my heart closer to his. There's something about telling him. There's something about letting him in to what's going in. And, you know, I've had quite a few questions lately about why, why have we chosen the church to be the vehicle to change people's lives? And there's so many other avenues, right? We could start a coaching business. We could start a gym. We could, you know, there's so many different ways that we could go about it. And, and church, unfortunately, has a lot that comes with that. A lot of trauma, a lot of pain, and it got really quiet. <laughs> and I'll just say, I've, I'm the poster child for, for religious wounds, for church wounds, but I feel that it's important to see those who have been hurt by religion be restored by relationship because that is what the church was originally about. It was all about relationship. It was all about connection. It's, we've, I've said it so many times, but that's the reason he even did all of this. It wasn't so he could have some nice pets it was because he wanted real, authentic, vulnerable relationship with each other. And in that garden, when he made Adam, the only thing he's, in all of creation he said wasn't good was that man would be alone. And I love what Glenn said. He said, you picture the garden, right? Adam and, and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God, they're, all, they're walking together, hand in hand, face to face. They're walking in the garden together. I mean, imagine how intimate that is, right? And then God says, it's not good for him to be alone. Like, the place that we think is the most important, the, the situation that we would dream about, that we would think is all God cares about, is us face-to-face -face with him. And in that moment, he said, this isn't good. <laughs> it's crazy. And then he created this beautiful creature. 
<laughs> Thank God, huh? <laughs> uh, so James 5:19 says, "Finally, as members of God's beloved family, we must go after the one who wanders from the truth and bring him back. For the one who restores the sinning believer back to God from the error of his ways gives back to his soul life from the dead and covers over countless sins by their demonstration of love. I read that scripture and immediately inside my heart leapt, this is what you're called to do. This is the people group that you are called to. And there's going to be people from all different cultures and generations and, and lifestyles, obviously, and where our arms are wide open. But I really feel a call that we are put in this position, in the role of leading a church, like something I never thought in my entire life I would do, even resisted it really, really hard. But we, we were talking about it. We have literally been prepared. God has prepared us our entire lives to lead to this moment, to lead to this moment where we get to say the thing that hurts you is the thing that's going to heal you. To this moment where we get to say, no, this is, now this is the church that Jesus intended. This is the church that was meant to bring kingdom to earth. Because I really do believe that the church was his primary vision for bringing the kingdom. Because it's about relationship. And somehow, us uh, humans have got our hands on it and created lists of do's and don'ts and created um, this bar that we have to strive to achieve. And see, I, I just believe that God created us with such... Um, he created us for connection. Connection with him and with each other. And we never will see kind of the fullness of who he is if we don't have relationship with each other because each of us carry a different piece of who he is. That's why community and relationship is such a high priority. And even with, with the connection codes, we did, um, and then I'm sorry I'm taking too much time, but um, we did, uh, we got invited to do the connection codes podcast last week, which was really fun. But we, and and we talked about how the connection codes um, impacts our relationship with ourself, right? You know, it's what's the greatest commandment? Love God and love others like you love yourself. But that middle part, like yourself, we ignore it all the time. And so we're not just created for connection with him and with others, but we're created to actually have a deep, authentic connection with ourself. And I'm not going to sit here and say that that's easy. That's scary, actually. It's scary to actually take a real look at what's happening inside. But I truly believe that with some of these tools and with what God's calling us to do, if we can get that resolved, then these relationships and this relationship start getting worked out. And that's beautiful. If we can get this family, this community I'm not saying perfect in our relationships. I'm saying authentic in our relationships. I felt some fear when you said that like that. I felt some pain when you didn't give me a hug or greet me when we came in. I felt some lonely. Okay, it's authentic. It's real. I felt so much joy that you saw me today. 
to the depth of our core, that connection is very real. Um, so anyways. It's super scary. I, I had a, a coach help me a couple, mm, summertime, and mm. I realized something about myself. I do not like to look into the mirror. I'm like, Metaphorical and actual mirror? Uh, yeah, all of it. Like, and, and her, her name was Zoe. She's amazing. But um, she's like, you have to be able to see yourself because what you are is beautiful and you have to be able to see yourself. You have to look at yourself to know who you are. And I think so much that in, in my life, like everything's been external. Everything that matters is outside of me. And so we focus on, you know, helping other people, encouraging other people, giving your life, serving, you know, just like that's kind of like a lot of church culture from my experience is like everything's outside of yourself. And when I realize I can't even look into the mirror, I'm like, wow, what am I afraid of? You know, I think there's sometimes so many things that are so scary to look to the inside. Like, can I can I think positively about myself? Can I do I have what it takes? Can I is it not just about what I do for people, but who I actually am? It can be a really vulnerable thing to be safe even for yourself. And that's something that I think is so important in a community is if I can start experiencing safety in who I am and I start loving myself, then I can start loving other people and it's not out of performance. I think I'm so trained to perform, perform, perform that I'm not, it's not actually authentic. And for me, that like really sucks because I, I, I brag about being real all the time, but I'm like, if I'm loving you out of performance, then is it real? Mm. I mean, my behavior's obviously loving and my intentions are really good, but is it coming from a place of love? You know, and it's, it's really, really scary to be introspective like that. So I just want to encourage us to love who God made us to be and look into the mirror physically and spiritually, emotionally, all of that. Like it all matters to the Lord and who God made us fearfully, beautifully, wonderfully. Like he, he we're created in his, in his image. So I think it's important that we're able to see ourselves as God created us because that will unlock our ability to love even greater. So, mm-hmm. um. That's good. <laughs> we're off the page. It's great. <laughs> I think for so long um, the church has said, you know, unconditional love is a priority. We've said God loves us unconditionally. We've said I will love you unconditionally. Unfortunately, our actions haven't exactly lined up with that. Again, I'm not saying it's easy, (laughs) but it's necessary. If we can't love people without condition, and, you know, a, a couple years ago, I think it was two years ago, I was just having this dialogue with the Lord, and he showed me... It was. I was trying to come up with a, a mission statement. I was trying to come up with our vision statement. Like, what are we about? Right? Like, wh- what? I was wrestling with the question, why church, too. I was like, really, God, this is what you're, this is the vehicle for reals? And you're just having this conversation, and I realized that a lot of Christians, and especially myself, that I, I pride myself on loving people no matter what. I really did. But I realized that actually, Way back there, my intention was to love people and to change. And I'm not just saying love people to, into believing in Jesus. I literally was loving people so 
maybe if, if you see how much I love you, you'll actually change who you are. You'll actually change and be better version of who you are. You'll, you'll lose the weight or you'll get stronger or you'll um, you know, get more responsible. Your character will be better. What, and I was like loving people, hoping that my love would change them. That's not really unconditional. <laughs> but it's hard, right? Like, that's hard like, to, to go, I can love you if you never change. And so what it creates is this culture where we're all kind of walking around. Narcy and I were talking about this today where, where you know, someone... Uh, someone tells you and, and begins to describe to you how they feel about you, that they love you, they care for you, etc. And, and my first thought almost always is, well, that's because you don't really know me. I mean, anybody else? Right? We walk around with this fear of someone actually knowing who we are. And then we can't actually believe it when somebody says, I love you. Because if they really knew, and to not have anyone, to not have a community that really knows you is incredibly lonely. So we're walking around flooded by fear and loneliness and probably some shame in the idea that we're not good enough to be loved for who we are. And so that's why our mission statement is to love people unconditionally without the expectation of change. And that is easier said than done. But our goal has been to create a place where we can literally let our guard down. Where we can feel safe to be seen exactly where we are on the journey to being a better version of ourselves. Because that's the deepest desire of the human heart, is just to be seen and known and accepted for where we are on the heart. And, and I hope that who we are in our lives, I hope that and pray that every person that comes into contact with us leaves our presence feeling more like themselves. Feeling more permission to be who they are and be the best version of themselves. But that's not why I'm going to love I do want that, but that's not the motivation. My motivation for loving is just that, to love. Because I got loved just the way I was, and it was not pretty. So, right, so a bunch of the, that was the kind of the long way around of saying, you know, a bunch of these questions are about culture. And so we're going to, we are going to answer some of these questions. Um, they're a little bit more specific, but we wanted to give context for and foundation for what we're about and that is the culture that we want to create just a safe place for people to walk in that when people walk through that doors first time second time a millionth time they just get to go <sighs> i mean how many feel like you're holding your breath all the time just waiting for somebody to find out about you That's one of the reasons why I'm so incredibly thankful for the connection codes, because I have told this woman things I thought I would take to my deathbed. What an incredible weight to bear. 
a lonely, lonely place. And that's my, I'm not telling, saying that you should tell us things you thought you'd take to your grave, but somebody should know. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> Just kidding. If you want to tell me, I'll listen. So, I'll ooh the crap out of you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. Um, I think we're on the next page. Okay. Don't look at me like that. You got to turn the page. <laughs> if we're on the next page. All right, um, let's see, this part. This part? Mm-hmm. Okay. We just want to know you, honestly, like truly. Like I want to know, we want to know who you are, the good, the bad, the ugly. If you think you're going to scare us with, I experienced this, you, and I did this, and I used to do this. Like, it, you know, honestly, like there's no subject or topic off the table. I lived my life afraid to ask questions like I was so afraid to ask basic things because I, I it wasn't a safe it wasn't safe for me you know I've, I've thought a lot about you know how to crack open the the shells of the church because I, I felt like so many things were off the table you know my childhood um, marriage questions sex questions relationship questions is this okay is that okay is that a sin is this you know there's so many things that I just shut myself down I suppressed questions that I had and there's two options to do when you don't have answers you're either going to explore it and make a lot of poor choices or you're just going to not know and just have so much fear and I went the fear route I was afraid of so many things and so I just want to make sure that we're creating an, an environment that you can ask. It is a safe place to ask, like, I'm feeling like this. Am I bad? I think so many things. I thought I was bad because I had a question. Mm. And that is such a sucky place to be when you're not able to ask, right? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Like, has anyone else experienced that? Like, <clears throat> I think there's so much, the, like, that I have suppressed in my life that not even knowing what to do. You know, I, I got married and I'm like, oh my gosh, what I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> you know? And, and I think it's okay that, um, you know, our parents do the best they can, you know, culture, we do the best we can, the church, they do the best they can. But I think it's important right now that all topics are on the table. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing too big for God and there's nothing too big for love because love covers all right? And I think if love is our focus, if love is our intention, is love, if love is what we're going after, then I think anything goes, you know? And, I, and I'm learning. Fear. Fear? What's happening with fear? <laughs> anything goes. I mean, <laughs> I think that, that you're right. It's great. It's just you never know. Yeah, What's going to happen? You never know. <laughs> so we have to lean into asking questions and lean into the emotions that we have and not be afraid. So yeah. I, I want there this to be a place where you can come in and take a deep breath. Like, oh, I can just be me in this place. So um, And we say, we, she's saying that because, one, we want you to feel safe to ask questions in this moment, but in general, also ask questions. We had this conversation on the way um, to Reading. We went to Reading this weekend, and we were talking about, um, I was just uh, talking about what I think heaven's going to be like. And I have some different opinions than most. You know, I actually think heaven's going to be a lot more like this, a lot more like earth, just without all the dysfunction, <laughs> you know. And um, so we were just talking, and, I, and uh, I've spent a lot of time in the last couple of years uh, 
I felt, especially in 2020, when there was so much going on, you know, like I, I felt the Lord kind of draw me in to asking the questions. Because I had never really uh, asked what he thought about the things that I was conditioned to believe my whole childhood. I just took them as, well, that's what we believe because I'm a Christian. And that's what God must believe because I'm a Christian. <laughs> and so I felt him draw me into this, why don't you ask me what I think about it? And I found out that he's not as uh, hard and fast as I thought he was. That he's a lot more heart and situational driven. He's definitely connection driven. And so we were talking about that idea, and you shared some fear about asking questions, yeah. about even the idea to question your beliefs. And to that, I respond, well, if you never ask the question, then you never get your answer. It'll always be someone else's answer. And it, if it's somebody else's answer, then it's really not very deep inside you. And so that's why we say it here, because we want the answers to be your answers. Because when they're your answers, it's really hard to shake you off that. And that's the level of foundation that we should have. So we're saying that to, um, and we can even pause right now if anybody has questions. Anybody? No? It's going to be, it's going to take one person to ask a question. That's all it's going to take. Who's going to be the brave soul? Nobody yet. Okay, here we go. Oh, hi. How are we doing up there? I can see them. They're so beautiful. Oh, I didn't mean to call you out. <laughs> you can go. Let's all watch them leave. It'll be great. What did I say? <laughs> Just kidding. All right, so we got quite a few questions about... Oh, Nathaniel has a question. All right. Um, turn... It might be muted. No, on the uh, actual microphone. The bottom, there's a little switch. And then it's lav two on the yeah, second yeah. page. Here we go. Yeah. I already made sure lav two was on. Yeah. Um, so this is really different for church. Like church <laughs> is a place you go to be fake, man. Yeah. Like you can be plastic and fantastic because there's only 10 things you got to do. I like do. that, most plastic them, and fantastic. <laughs> most of them, which are easy to do. Like it's pretty easy to not kill somebody. <laughs> like, like the 10 are, are relatively easy. So Totally. How, how do we get there from here? Like, wait, like what do we do if we're starting? Hmm. We starting, starting to be real, authentic? Yeah. yeah. Like, cause right. it's, I think it's scary for, for, for to, to not be plastic and Ooh. fantastic. Yeah. I think that's... a lot of it is um, <laughs> answering the real, answering real. How are you today? Blessed and highly favored. <laughs> Amen. But how are you today? You know, so like I, we, we got to hang out with Glenn and Phyllis and, and they got in the car and we said, hello. And how, how are you doing? And, and I was real. And I told him this morning has been awful because my son did this and that. And it was really hard. And he's like, wow, like you actually told me that your morning isn't perfect. Like, aren't you supposed to be hosting me? And like, you're supposed to have it all together. And, you know, I think so often we do that. We come and cause we're not willing to be vulnerable and be real. And I think sometimes we're conditioned to have the quick answer because if you say how you really are, the floodgate might open, right? And I think sometimes we, we put conditioning on 
oh, service starts in five minutes. I can't actually ask how someone's doing. And mm. I don't actually want the real answer. Maybe I yeah. ask, hey, Daniel, how are, you know, what's happening with you? And you say, blessed and highly favored. Or you say, you know, it's been a tough week. And this happened. And, and I'm feeling like this. And it, it, I have to engage. And I think sometimes we're afraid of the engagement. You know? And um, so I start being honest, you know, with how you're feeling and being, you have to be safe with me because you're not going to tell me, you know, how you're actually doing if you don't feel like I'm a safe person. So Mm. I think if we're all living, if we're all um, being real, then I think it'll eventually become a safe environment. Like I, I want, I, I like to lead by example too, you know, and I think so many times I've been transparent with people, but I haven't necessarily been vulnerable. And I think being vulnerable with people, I think is a really good step, you know, and that might, it might take practice with your spouse or your best friend or your, you know, someone to practice being real and having real answers and and actually knowing how you feel because it's hard to be real sometimes. I think that last part you said, it starts with being honest with yourself. That's where it starts. And that's one of the reasons why I love the core emotion wheel and the practicing. It's like, you know, we we do CrossFit and we train things, but, like, I don't walk in here and start doing cleans or deadlifts, you know, because that's not the point. The point is to be strong for life. And that's the point of the core emotion wheel is so that we can get used to identifying how we're actually feeling because, like she said, we're so conditioned to just give the answer, oh, I'm good, great, awesome. Or maybe that's not your conditioning. Maybe your conditioning is, oh, life sucks. You know, for some people, that's their conditioning. But we're so conditioned to give the answer that we never actually stop and go, no, what am I really experiencing? And I've had a a couple experiences this weekend with my family, and they're, you know, they thought they were experiencing one thing, and then once... I just asked a few questions. We got so far away from the initial emotion, we found, whoa, that is not where we started, and this is actually what's happening for me. And so taking the time to actually, I'm not saying be like introspective and don't pay attention to what's going on, but like take the time to really assess what you're feeling. And also we're not saying you have to be all things to all people. You don't have to let everyone in to the deepest part of who you are. That's not what we're saying. But being honest is really important. Being honest with yourself is really important. And, and it's, it's just going to take some, um, for some of us, it's just going to take some time. And I would encourage you to be gracious with yourself. And the last thing I'll say about it is I think it's really important to invite people into your journey. I think it's really important to have people around you that know who you are, they know your character, and they know when you're not acting like you. And they go, oh, what's happening for you? Because this isn't the person that I know. Something happening here. And invite people into that space. Because outside of community, it's really tough to be honest and vulnerable and real. (laughs) Right? So, great question. Thank you. Anybody else before we move on? Yes, Rachel does. Rachel has a question. It's going to be a good dialogue. <laughs> no dialogue. I'll just ask a question. Um, so this, I know this is a, this emotional authenticity and vulnerability is a huge jump from what probably most of us know as church. As church. Yeah. Right. So that, Go with me here. <laughs> if we are functioning 
as a community really healthily from that place. It's been a year of us practicing this and, and it's uh, a much more authentic thing. That's just how we function. That's mm -hmm. the pursuit. What comes out of, in your guys' vision and what God's given you with this, what, what is the overflow of that mm. as the pursuit in Sonoma County, in our families, as we are a church? So yeah. as a church, um, what, what is leaving from here, other than obviously real, authentic, vulnerable people, but I want to hear what that looks like to you uh, and your it. vision. Yeah, awesome. I think healthy things grow. You know, and I don't mean the church has more members, which I think that could put that that would be awesome, right? Because the more you're alive, like you're gonna like I when I buy a plant, I don't want it to stay the same size, right? I want it to grow. And I think things that are healthy grow. And I would like to see the things that we're learning, the things as a community that we're learning to be real and authentic. I hope that spreads. That all of a sudden your coworkers are being real and authentic, and then it just spreads like a wild wildflower, real authentic connections so that was my first answer or my first response would be that it's like I, I want to see growth you know in as myself I want to see myself you know healthier on the inside where I can process instantly how I'm feeling rather than suppressing all these fears and suppressing all these all this pain living in the moment and not living in yesterday and not living in tomorrow like being here now being able to be real I think is really I think growth will happen in a lot of areas, even in finances and our families and our, you know, future generations. Like, I, I hope that we're changing the culture where church is a fake place, where it's only, you know, to gather and just put on your Sunday best, right? Let's just come as you are. Like, like where did we lose it? You know, I think, <laughs> like, there's a song that come, come just as you are, feel the, feel the spirit. And I think so many things, like, people are afraid to come into the church because they think, I'm not clean enough for that. I'm not. But I think if we're expressing and we're being real and vulnerable, I think it's going to grow and, and that will change. Yeah, uh, totally agree. Um, it's... So one of the things that I think about heaven is, as I said, I think it's going to be a lot like this without the dysfunction, all right? So when I think about bringing the kingdom of God here, I think about health and wholeness. That's what I think about. And so I, I go down this road of, can you imagine, just like take your sphere, you know? So I have this community, I have our CrossFit community, I have some other communities, and if I just imagine what it would look like if everyone that I know is walking in whole health, just like at 100%, I just think about what that would look like. Yeah. Holy smokes, that is a different world, 100% a different world, and, and the amount of freedom that you would experience in that kind of culture is mind-boggling, right? And, and that's what I see, is when we become a safe place who's not trying to change people, then we can actually point to Jesus. But until we become that, we, they're not interested. Just not interested in a judgmental, unsafe, trying to fix me God. They can get that anywhere, right? They can get that out of the corner market, <laughs> Judgment is everywhere. So when we become a safe place and we're living in health, and that's, again, I have to say this, that's not perfection. That's not what it means. It doesn't even mean being totally and perfectly healed up from your trauma. 
doesn't even mean that. It means I'm able to recognize when I'm in pain. I'm able to communicate and process what's happening for me. I'm able to not put any judgment or expectations on you, what you have to be in my presence. That is what health looks like. It's not perfection. It's allowing me to be me and allowing you to be you. And that is rare. That is very rare to, to be in a conversation with someone and actually feel like they're okay with who you are in that moment. And I've already watched just allowing people and following their energy. I have watched them almost like expect me to interrupt them. Almost like waiting for me to cut them off and try to fix them. <laughs> and then they're like, and then they move towards me. And it's so interesting to see people's hearts begin to connect. And then I can point to Jesus. Just my life is pointing to Jesus. And that is another reason for me for the church. I, I don't want to ever feel like I can't point to Jesus. I think it also looks like... Um... <laughs> growth in like who has influence you know because I feel like we need each other we need different aspects of each who each person is you know our our tag is spirit soul body and like one of us might be really good at the soul piece maybe they <laughs> went maybe they're a counselor or a therapist like maybe they really understand how our brains work and the chemistry of our body of, of the chemistry that's going on and maybe someone's a really solid spiritual leader and they are like so good at pointing us towards the direction you know to, to figure out our identity in in father and in, in our in our in god and maybe someone else has you know really good at all of them right so it's like i feel like as we're processing, as we're learning, I really want to see people rise up. You know, I think that's going to happen. And I think that's going to be a really, really beautiful thing. And I do want to not change the topic, but I did feel fear when we were answering this question. Like, what if I, that, like, that, that part scares me. Which part? Being whatever part that is. Oh. Um, like, I, like I, I felt fear when you were talking about, um, what were you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Heaven on, yeah, but so like there, there's parts of there, there's parts of who we are where I feel afraid to that I'm never gonna measure up, I'm never gonna have it all together, I'm never gonna have this perfectly balanced spirit, soul, body because I struggle with nutrition or I struggle with identity and you know like I I struggle with certain things and so there is fear in pushing through, like I'm not I'm not I'm gonna be the one that's left behind, hmm. you know I. And as me sitting on the stage, like, it's, it's hard to leave my own shit, but I want to say that as a community, like, there's not anyone that's left behind. We're all at different levels, and we all have different growth rates, right? Some plants grow really fast, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is the best plant in the world. But some maybe are slower, and I think that's okay to acknowledge the fact that we're all at different places, mm -hmm. and some of us have strengths that others don't, and I think we need to recognize and see that we're, we don't all, we can't all lift 400 pounds the first day we go to the gym, maybe it's 20, maybe it's 50, maybe whatever level that is. Even spiritually speaking, like, like, like there's some people in here that know the Bible so well, and I'm, I envy that because I wish I was better at that, you know, but I think it's okay that we, that's why we need each other. We need what your strength is to rise up so that you can encourage each other, and that's why community is so important because iron sharpens iron. We all know that, and I can so easily say that, but are we allowing that blade to come and sharpen 
am I allowing that blade to sharpen me? Because it's mm. it might be noisy, it might clang, it might hurt a little, right? So like we need <laughs> each other. So if you feel like you might not have all three perfect, well, welcome to the club. You know, like we're all on this journey together, and I think that's really important to to acknowledge that fear. Like, yep. ooh, what that's if good. I don't have that? You know, what if I'm not good enough? Like that's at least what I'm working through yeah yes everyone does yeah we were talking about it you know she I don't want to take your story because it's great but she was talking about that fear you know like I how how can I be the representative for spirit soul body health (laughs) and I'm like well that's religion that idea that in order to represent something you have to be perfect at it that is religion and we are not about that. I, I don't care where you start. I just care that you start. I don't care where you are on the journey as long as you're on the journey. And, and that is what we, one of the things for us, even sitting up here, I need to make sure that you all know we're just on a journey. <laughs> you know, I refuse to try and pretend to be perfect for you because I'm just not. It's just, I'm just not. <laughs> so just not perfect. I'm pretty close, you know, but just ask my wife. I feel, like, I feel like we either have an opportunity to lose everyone that comes to this church or grow. You know, it's like, because some people want that pedestal preacher. Like, they're, they live on this island that they have it all together. They have this, you know, their family looks nice. They're, mm. they're all well-behaved. They don't fight. They don't, you know, they have all this going on. And, and to be honest, like, that, like, scary you know I want to be a family and I want to be a representation that we are we are so normal you know like celebrities like we think we like your boy bands or whatever like oh they're so perfect they're amazing their life is so wonderful and look at them look they're so great but like you get to know them and they're like oh wait you're actually a real person like you're not like you're just a human being your bills might be a little easier to pay but you're just real you know like I I just I Mm, it's a little scary. It's a little scary to be so completely real because we yeah. have had people, or I feel like I've had people want to put me in that place, and that performance scares yeah. the crap out of me. Like it is so scary to be put on a pedestal because I, I was in tears. Okay, want to get real? I was crying on the way home from Reading because I'm afraid that as soon as I, like, I haven't. Let's just get real, real. I haven't preached no, in a okay. while. <laughs> I haven't preached in a while because I've been afraid. I've been so afraid of, of who I am because once I step into who I am, does that mean I have to be perfect? Does that mean I have to live in performance? Does that mean I have to, to, to live this like perfect, perfect life? And Elijah's, and we're, we're, as I'm processing this fear, I'm like, I never realized why I've dragged my feet when it comes to my own identity and my own calling and my own gifting. It's because I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what that will cost me. I'm afraid that that's going to mean that I can't be real. And I don't want to live in fear, you know? And so I, I think it's, it's really important that, that I start acknowledging, processing that fear and realizing that, no, this is who God made me to be. And he asked me to be real and vulnerable. Yeah. And that's really scary because I feel this pressure from religion that says you have to be perfect. And I feel on the inside, I feel really imperfect. Hmm. I, you know, I'm not dialed in perfectly. I don't do these things. I don't, I can't check the box. Did you do this today? Did you do this today? Did you, did you, you know, I, 
I'm human, and I think I've been so afraid that to be on a pedestal, to be a preacher, I have to be perfect. And I'm, I'm, I fight against that spirit of religion so much that I've lived in fear, and I've walked away from who I am. Hmm. And so I just think it's going to be interesting to see what happens as I'm being very vulnerable with you guys. <laughs> yeah. What can, what, what can we do? What do you need from us? <laughs> Good job, Connection Cozy. Um, I'm figuring it out. I don't, I don't actually know. Um, I think I, I mean, this is great, you know, because I do want to lead by example. So I need you to be real. I need you to face what's hard for you. And I need you to, to go after the things that you've been afraid of, you know, <laughs> like if we're, if we're truly in this together, I, I need like you guys <laughs> to, to know who you are and start doing the things that might scare you, that you might have shame or guilt or fear in. Because when you come free, when you find some freedom, I want to see it and I will experience it. So I, what I need is join me, yeah. you know, on that journey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's good. I got very Oh, man, we're a lot further along than... We just answered a whole bunch of questions, if you were wondering, <laughs> on my paper. So this is good. Go ahead. I have to say I have the same fear for just going up there and doing worship. Mm. And um, I, I'm down here. I can do it. But I go up yeah. there and something happens. Yeah. But to say to you, the more real you are, the better your preaching is going to be. <laughs> That's all. Um, my question is, so when someone does ask you, how are you, and, and worship is about to start, do you just, because I, I feel, I felt like, like, yeah. Vera, Vera asked me, how are, how are, how I, how I am when worship was about to start, and immediately I, I had a feeling of, like a panic, like, oh, if, if I, if I talk now, hmm. then I'm going to. Be speaking over at the beginning of worship. Mm. So, how do you handle it? How 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 would you handle it? What? No, you can. I just think you know being <laughs> being real and saying, "Hey, I I'm kind of going through some stuff, but can we talk about it later?" Honestly, like I feel like sometimes things are so serious. Like you know, taking the serious out of the day-to-day -day stuff is important. So I think if you, she asks you a question, like she, she probably genuinely wants to know what's happening for you. But I, like, if you want to just let her in a little bit and then you can table it for later, yeah. you know, and just come back to it because maybe you say, I've got this going on and I have some fears, but I just like, I, I want to connect, but then to respect the house, respect what's happening. I think that's totally fine just to yeah. say, can we talk later? Cause I would really like to share. It would make me feel really good to share with you later, you know. Yeah. Just keep it simple. Don't be so serious. <laughs> That's good. See, I didn't need to answer. You got it. Bam. Just like that. All right. Um, let's move on here. Um, we had some questions about um, uh, vision, so we kind of answered some of those. We had some questions about um, how we're structured, um, what's our covering, are we a part of a denomination, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, uh, and who's on our board. So we can start with that. So our board m consists of um, Daniel, myself, Christina, um, Bob and Teresa, Doug and Jody, 
Steve and Karen Paleo and RC and Lori. That's uh, our board and they are wonderful and I am humbled constantly at the caliber of people and the company I keep. It's pretty amazing to have such wisdom and care. So that's who uh, is on our board. Um, we not, don't necessarily believe that denominations are bad. We think that it was a really good, um, it, it's, a, it's always a good idea to live in accountability and in community, right? That's always a good idea. We are not a part of a denomination simply because I have a hard time with rules. <laughs> no, I have a hard time with rules that aren't backed by relationship. Um, so, but we are in relationship and in partnership with Jesus Culture. So we're in current discussion about what that looks like as far as covering. Um, I speak with Banning several times a month, just um, asking his advice and um, prayer covering. And they're, so they're kind of like our parent church, if you will. Um, that's the, the place that we'll go for any sort of, if we need, um, you know, like another party to step in for any sort of conflict or something like that, that is the avenue that we're going to um, use. So hopefully that makes sense. But we just, we just want everything in our life to be about relationship, not rules. And so that's one of the areas where um, I'm pressing into relationship for covering. You know, I think it's important to be accountable to people. I submit my sermons to him, I submit, you know, like our bylaws and things like that. We, I run things past him, but it's all out of relationship. It's all coming from that place. So um, we had some questions about future leaders and opportunity to be ordained. Um, is there going to be um, opportunity for more people to join our team? And gosh, we hope so. <laughs> You know, we, one of our core values is empowering people. And because we believe, like I said, that everyone carries a unique piece of who God is, and we all carry unique giftings. And so we're actually doing something a little bit different rather than creating a bunch of ministries and creating a bunch of things and then trying to find someone to lead those ministries. What we're doing is watching and praying people in and seeing the passion of people's hearts and then empowering those people to do those things. Because if we pull people from a place of passion and, and gifting and calling, that's going to be a lot more successful than trying to place someone in a space that they may or may not have passion for. So that's something that we are going after. There, there is vision for sure. Yes. But I can't you. do it all, and we can't do it all. So there's vision for a greater food ministry. There's vision for a greater children's department, which we have Joyce that, and Karen that have been doing an amazing job. But there's vision for... Um, more home group leaders like we want to grow what how we're reaching outside of the church walls we want to have more influence on you know all that all those things so we have lots of vision but until someone comes and says hey I have this burning desire in my heart to lead fill in the blank then that's what we want we're we've been praying for a long time for powerful people to come to our presence. And yeah. I'm so thankful for those powerful people that have come and lent their strength because we are so much stronger when we're surrounded by people that know who they are and know what they want to yep. accomplish for the Lord and who they are. And so, yeah, we've got vision and, and needs too, to be honest. There are lots of needs, but in, like it's, it's, 
we can only take it day by day and do so much. So. Yep. Yeah. So if you got something on your heart, like this is a place that we want to to create opportunity. It's not that we're going to do everything that's on your heart, but if it's in line with the vision and the heart of the house, then there's opportunity here. Okay. Got a question about women in positions of authority. I thought it was an interesting question. Um, my only problem with women in leadership is there aren't enough of them. Um, we absolutely need female perspective. And um, it's something that I've been talking to the Lord about. So we have a preaching team. And right now, the only female that's on that team is this beautiful lady. And um, it's just, we need more of that. We need more perspective because women carry something that we men just could never understand. You know, they carry a, a piece of God's nature that I think is so desperately needed in a church, especially in the culture we're trying to create that's real, authentic, vulnerable. And there's just an element of care there that, um, and openness and honesty that I think men don't necessarily carry. So looking forward to lots more yeah. females in this way. So um, that's pretty much most of the question. We covered a lot. Do we have any other questions uh, at the moment? Anybody have anything else they want to ask? We're running out of time here, so we have one more thing to do. But I don't have a question. I just, I just want to um, affirm and acknowledge and thank both of you for already doing a lot of the things that you're dreaming of. It's, oh, it's happening. Um, just the fact that my, my wife and I are here and now our family's here. Um, I was telling someone this week, what makes the pursuit so special to you? Why would you go to church? They were a person that had been wounded by church. Mm. And I said, well, for me, it's, it is a safe place. It's, it's become a place that I didn't, I didn't realize how safe it was until I was, you know, really welcomed in by the two of you. And you've been in our lives for many years. So I've known that safety for a long time, yeah. but it's actually put skin on. And so I, I want to applaud you and I want to, I want to acknowledge uh, that you're not alone that we are in this together with you, and I'm looking forward to mm. continuing to unpack what it looks like to yeah. do church yeah. in the way that we're dreaming of. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, not to take anything away from all of us that, that value what God has done all the way up till today yep. through the church. Yep. So that's the last thing that I think they're saying. Yep. Um, rather, we want it to become exactly what God wants it to be in a, in a generation that needs to hear life-giving life-changing good news yeah. for, for, for humanity in our county. So thank you. We love you and oh, appreciate your you. vulnerability. Oh, thank you so much. We appreciate it. All right. Well, see you guys later. Okay. We're just going to do one more thing. Kind of even to Julie's question here. Um, I'll just change the slide here. All right. We are going to start doing something, and it may not be forever, but we're going to start doing something at the beginning of our services every Sunday for a little bit here, okay? So how many of you, you come to church Sunday morning, and you've just carried with you stuff from the week or stuff from the morning, or, you know, you just come into this place, and it, you're like, uh, numb-ish, you know? If, I might be the only one, I know, but, you know, I come into this place, and I have to, it takes me sometimes the whole worship set to get my mind on him. 
And I think one of the primary purposes of Sunday morning is for a group of people to be unified in doing one thing, pursuing the presence, pursuing our Jesus, and laying down kind of all the other things. I think that's a beautiful thing. And it's really hard to do that when you're consumed by the issues of the week, or maybe even getting here on Sunday morning, you know. So what we're going to start doing, and we're going to show you how it goes, what we're going to start doing is before we start worship, we're going to give you five minutes, two minutes apiece, and you're going to pair up, okay? It can be with someone that you are intimate with and you know very well, or it can be someone across the room, it doesn't matter, and your level of vulnerability is obviously up to you, okay? But we are going to go through this, and how it works is one person goes, they express as many of the emotions that they can, and it could be situational, it could be about the week, it could be about last year, I don't care. It could be about whatever, but we're going to just express, I felt, we're going to do it here so you know what it looks like, okay? Fear. Okay? <laughs> fear, yes, some fear, yeah. Um, so one person gets two minutes. And the other person cannot say a word except for, mm, yeah, I see that, okay? There's no fixing, there's no rebuttaling, there's no anything. Just acknowledging the emotion, that's it. You got two minutes, the other person goes. They have two minutes, all right? And then we're going to go from there right into worship, all right? So we're going to just dust off our shoes, take off the heavy baggage, all right? And then we're going to praise our king, Okay? that sound okay for a little bit? I know it's, uh, it, fear, yes. It's, <laughs> but so we, you know, we just talked for 30 minutes about being real, authentic, and vulnerable. Now what? <laughs> Ooh, now we're going to put feet to it. And I get it, it's scary. Anytime there's culture change or change, it's scary. So I'm with you in that. I'm with you in the change, and it doesn't have to be all or nothing, okay? One one percent at a time, a little bit better, all right? So we're going to put hands and feet to it. So we're going to do the wheel here, and what did we decide? Are we going to do it about something specific? So you were going to. I was? Weren't you? Oh, are you going to go first? <laughs> you want me to go first? What are you going to do? Um, I feel like if he goes, I always like him to go first, but then he takes my ideas, so I'm going to go first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's not intentional. No, no, I didn't say it was. But, oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, that, yeah, that. I, I can, yeah, I see that. Um, yeah, this will okay. be good. I'll give so me gonna, some ideas. This is, uh, like, it's hard. This is hard. I've, I have fear. Okay, fear. I'm going to start with fear. Fear that I won't have the right thing to say. Mm. Even, even in doing this emotion, core emotion meal, I have fear that I won't, that it will just be silly and dumb. Yeah, totally. I don't want to waste anybody's time, so I have fear yeah. about that. Um, I have guilt that I have held myself back. From even pursuing who I am supposed to be. So I have a lot of guilt and shame from that. I've, I think the shame has caused me to suppress who I am and just try to hide. And yeah. so I feel guilty. And I feel guilty because I have shame about my own identity. Um, I have some anger that the church is so boxed up because mm -hmm. I want Jesus to be known and I want the real Jesus to be known, the one yeah. that loves people as they are. And so I am angry that the, the, 
religion, the spirit of religion has dampened and hurt so many people. And um, I just really, that makes me angry. I'm angry at the enemy and how it's worked and how um, deception and hypocrisy has come into the church. I'm just so excited to see that gone. So I'm angry about that. Mm. Um, I have, I, sometimes I feel lonely feeling like maybe it's just me going through this. Maybe mm. it's me just being, um, feeling like I can't be myself. So yeah. that feels lonely because I hide. Sometimes I think I, it's intent, like I intentionally put mm. myself in a lonely state because I'm yeah. afraid. Yeah. Um, so that's back to the fear. Um, sad. I feel sad thinking about the people that the missed opportunities that I've had to impact people or to even share myself with people because of um, just holding myself back. So that makes me feel sad that I've lost momentum. I feel like I may have lost momentum with myself. Mm. Um, hurt. I'm hurt. Let's see. I feel hurt when people can't be themselves around me. Because I wonder, did I do something wrong? Yeah. You know, I really want to know the real deal, the real person that I'm talking to. And, I, and yeah. I, that hurts when I feel like I've caused conflict with, with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so much joy. Joy is like, it's so fun to talk about joy because it feels so good. I, I'm, I'm automatically <laughs> smiling, right? So much joy to be here and to, to know that you guys love me. I really, mm. I have joy when I come to this place because um, some of you have known since I've this big <laughs> and I have so much joy that you guys are so encouraging and on my the team the board the staff you know like so much joy and, and the teams that, that are developing and I really do feel like there's a lot of like you're all leaders you're all you're all with us at the beginning and just so you know as soon as you get real and vulnerable and strong like hey like it's time to shine <laughs> you know so I'm excited I have so much joy for what's happening um with that so yeah that's good that's my yeah. was that two minutes maybe three I don't know that was great. I just want to say, you say one thing. Um, when listening to someone, it can be difficult to not feel like those emotions, especially if you're intimate, are about you. But I want you to, to take a step back and realize that when somebody is telling you what's happening for them, it has nothing to do with you. Nothing. Okay? It's all about them. It's all about what's happening for them, even if you were involved in a situation that caused the emotion, because you could swap you out for someone else, and they would probably still have the same emotion, okay, whether it's triggered by past or whatever, right? So it's just not about you, okay? You might have to swallow a little pride here and there, but just know it's about them, okay? All right, I'll go. Um, I'm going to do the wheel about this community, about the pursuit and our journey with that, if that's okay. All right, so um, I feel fear that um, we won't have an impact on our city. I feel fear that, um, that we're not gonna make it, that uh, this thing won't actually take off that the vision and mission I have that we have is not the right one, that it's um, not as impactful as I think it is. Um, that makes me sad, or I feel some sadness in that as well, um, that potentially it won't 
leave these four walls, that um, people won't hear it, that people won't understand our heart. I definitely feel some hurt in um, being misunderstood with the vision, uh, being misunderstood for why the church. Um, And that gives me a little anger as well. Mm. Um, I have also some hurt um, about um, people that I want to be part of my community that aren't. People that I would love to see here that and that um, I feel um, some shame in that um, and maybe some guilt in that um, the pursuit isn't growing as fast as I would like it to. That and somehow that has something to do with who I am and um, my deficiencies as a leader and deficiencies as a human, you know. Um, and some, you know, some shame and guilt in that maybe I've done um, some, some things that uh, weren't beneficial for the community and the growth of the community. Um, mm-hmm. uh, definitely some lonely in, in that as well. Some lonely in carrying a vision that feels misunderstood sometimes. Yeah. Carrying a vision that, that doesn't always make sense. And even some loneliness in feeling like we're pioneering something new that we're going after something that's not as normal or recognized as normal. Um, But joy, 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 (laughs) primary emotion I'm experiencing about the pursuit and all of you guys is joy. So much joy in the life that I feel when I'm here. The, The sense of connection and community that I feel when I'm here. I spent a lot of years Sunday being my least favorite day of the week. And now it's my favorite. Yeah. So joy, joy, joy. Good. All right, and I think that was about two minutes. Maybe a little longer, I apologize. All right, so it's going to look a little something like that, okay? Does that make sense? Practice now. No, I won't do that okay. to him. We're going to wait. We're going to start next week, okay? So just, uh, you may have to prepare your heart a little bit. <laughs> like nobody comes next week. They're like, oh gosh, I can't do this. <laughs> Anyways, all right, well, we're past time. Why don't you stand with us? Hopefully this was all okay, even if it wasn't. We did it anyways, so. All right, let me pray for you. Thank you, Jesus, for these amazing people, and I just pray. I know that there's been a lot of emotions stirred up in the last few weeks, and so I just, Father, I ask for a special, special grace on this season as we we bravely march into vulnerability. We bravely get real with each other. And I just ask for a grace on that. And um, again, like I always pray, I just ask for rest, rest and peace on this week. Rest and peace. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you guys so much. Thanks for listening to us, chat. Thank you again for the questions. Thank you for listening to The Pursuit Podcast. For more information about The Pursuit, visit us at thepursuitsoco.com.